This is Amber Ray and Rusty Tanton, and you're listening to Mostly ITP on the Georgia Podcast Network, the show focused on all things Atlanta and sometimes elsewhere. Hey, it's October 26th. Uh, We have quite a few topics that we want to address in the next 30 minutes, and since this is live, you can call in. Um, I don't know where the number is, but we put it on Twitter a million times. Yeah, and you can go on the website, gapodcastnetwork.com. So you can find it if you really want to call it. And if you're listening right now, actually, you've already figured this out. So we're probably not doing you any good. Oh, yeah. So there's that. (laughs) Okay. um, So I think the first thing that we want to do is play a bunch of voicemails because Jen and Tony have supplied us once again with a lot of material. Yes, they have many. So here we go. Hey, so uh, my phone service is through Sprint, and Sprint's been calling me all the time to tell me that, you know, leaving me a message to tell me about these recent overages in my account, and you know, they have important information to discuss with me. And so I finally picked it up one time, and uh, the woman from Sprint was like, hey, you got some overages on your account. And uh, she's like, how about, how about we put you on a more expensive plan? And I was like, well, I mean, how about you put me on a cheaper plan? And then she said, well, how about I put you on hold? But I want to know what happened after that. Did yeah. you get the cheaper plan or did you get the more expensive plan? It sounds kind of, to me, like nothing happened. But really the whole thing honestly kind of sounds like a Nigerian email scam. <laughs> yeah, we heard that all, what was it, um, that NPR show, we This heard- American Life had a big thing about Nigerian email scammers and reversing the scammers. But those guys kind of sounded like assholes too so. i didn't like those guys yeah. but that's another story that okay. is another lengthy story so tony if you ever want to uh let us know what happened uh the rest what the rest of that story was uh we'll listen yeah oh god damn it did the wi-fi just go out no okay all right so next voicemail this i believe tony called in from the uga game against alabama where alabama kind of beat the ever-living shit out of Georgia. So, here we go. It's 24 minutes right now. It's the first half. I am so sad right now. I think I'm going to cry. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be positive, but I can't. Bye. And another follow-up, also called in from the same game. This one's a little harder to hear. Well, it's 30 minutes now the same half. God, why do you hate him? I don't know why God hates Tony, but I know that God apparently uh, hated Georgia a little that night and hated Tennessee a lot more pretty much the entire year and kind of for the last decade, really. It wasn't good for me this weekend. I I kind of feel your pain here. Normally, I would probably make an anti-UGA crack here, but I just... You really can't. You don't have I don't have the heart for it. Um... Well, I have the right, of course, but... Um, no, I see you don't have the room to do that. Well, of course I don't have the room to do it. Anyway. All right. Moving on. One more voicemail from Jen this time. So in these you know, tough economic times, Tony and I have decided that instead of buying bottles of wine, we are going to be buying box wine. Um, and so today, after having a harrowing day dealing with morons, I came home to have a drink 
only to discover that someone has drank all the box wine while I was out of town. So when you say that Tony Ova sounds like he's drunk, it's probably because he is. And drunk on boxed wine. That's for shame. Yeah, that's that's pretty low. But mm. are, are Tony, are you stealing Jen's boxed wine? You can always call in and defend yourself. Yeah, six seven eight three eight nine nine four four one. But you know that because you call in from the UGA. It's games. in his phone under um like drunk dial or drunk something. dial. Yeah, but that's I guess for everybody else's reference. All right, so that's it for voicemails. I was going to talk a little bit about my wisdom tooth surgery. I actually plan to write a lengthy blog post that will sort of document the whole thing, but uh, the basic gist of it is I had impacted wisdom teeth, uh, two on the bottom and one up top, and I had to have surgery to get them yanked out. It was very painful. Actually, it wasn't. I, I was going to say, it wasn't painful. It, it actually you. wasn't. You know, I I think people, when they have surgeries, they'll like reflexively say something like that, like I just did, say, oh, it was very painful. Actually, it really wasn't that painful because I was on drugs almost the entire time. And drugs, in that case, are really good. They gave me lots of, they gave me a heavy-duty painkiller for two days, and I was pretty much out of it for most of those two days. Amber was an excellent nurse. She brought me jello in bed, and she brought me new gauze to stuff in my mouth to stop the bleeding. That was very nice. Thank you, Amber. You're welcome. Thanks. And uh, I don't know. I guess it's it's not quite as exciting as I imagined it would be to talk about it. It's mostly... Just, uh, you know, I, I sat around most of the week. I played Grand Theft Auto. I ate boxed mashed potatoes and jello and ice cream and other things. And then it started to gradually get better. Um, yeah, there's not a whole lot to that. I guess story. there's not really a whole lot to the story. I was curious if somebody had called in at this point. We actually could see if they had any questions about Wisdom Tooth Surgery. But we have no participants at the moment, so. Well, that's okay. I want to talk about the Waffle House Museum real quick. Okay. Uh, we went to the Waffle House Museum yesterday, which is in Avondale Estates, like right around the corner from our apartment. And um, it's in the site of the original Waffle House. And uh, they've got it restored to look exactly like the original Waffle House did when it was opened in 1955. Um I don't know. I originally I think they said it was just going to be open like uh, by appointment only, but now they're going to open it a couple of days a week cuz it's there's such a demand for it, which that's a no-brainer. I mean, of course there would be a demand for people to come and see the Waffle House Museum. Absolutely. I mean, I think opening it about 2 days a week is about the perfect amount. I don't think there's 5 days a week demand for it, but I think there's one or two days a week demand for it. And we were thinking of trying to do a video um like go in and and you know do a little interview and a walkthrough and everything. We talked to this marketing woman who was there yesterday dressed up as a 1955 Waffle House waitress. And um, it would have been cool if we had done a podcast interview with her. Um, but we didn't, you know, whip the recorder out when we started asking her questions. And then we would have had to have her repeat everything. But if you get a chance to go to the Waffle House Museum, you absolutely should. But... I should let you know you can't eat there. They don't have real food. Yeah, if you tried to eat the plastic sausage that was on the grill, it wouldn't I mean, go it looks well very convincing, you. but it's actually not real. No, yeah, but you were. We have a photo of Amber flipping the plastic sausage. Yeah, I did a good job with that. You did do a good job with that. Yeah, so they're planning to open it to the public soon. You said that, right? Yeah. Okay. 
Um, so anyway, we're, we're thinking of doing a video. And um, this also kind of brings me to the next thing. I just wanted to find out um, if anybody listening has any ideas for who we should interview. I feel like my ideas for Atlanta people to interview have run dry. I feel like over the past two years, we've interviewed a lot of awesome people. And I used to have an idea like every day. And now I feel like I'm out of ideas. And maybe I, yeah, I'm, I'm just the out of way. the loop. I don't know. I mean, but I'm not. I'm more in the loop. But I just feel like somehow there's less people to interview. I don't know. I don't know well, what my problem is. A lot of these is. talk shows end up interviewing the same people over and over again. And I'm certainly not, you know, I mean, I certainly am open to the idea of, a, you know, having some repeat guests on here. But I don't want to make it like just repeat guests over and over again either. And personally, I mean, I'm okay with mostly ITP being mostly Amber and Rusty doing talkies. Jabbering but, into the talk shoe. But when we first started it, we thought that we would do mostly interviews, but maybe now we've run out of people to interview. So I don't know. So um, if you have a suggestion or if um, you think we should interview you. you know, yeah, absolutely. Well, know. we'll interview about You don't have to be some famous person. Yeah. Hey, we have uh, somebody in the chat room. That's awesome. Hey, Joseph and BJ. What's oh, up? Oh, they say they like it being Amber and Rusty. Well, oh, well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that too. That's good. I'm, I'm glad we're not wasting our time with these. Well, certain social media experts would say that we're not adding any value. Yeah. Uh, if we were doing interviews, we might be adding value. Um, um, I just, you know, here's the thing. Lots of people call themselves social media experts. And recently I went through my Twitter um, because I had a ton of followers because I just hadn't cared. I didn't care who followed me. I figured even if they're a spam account, who cares? I don't get their spam unless they follow me or unless I follow them back. But Jay from jbrotherlove.com um, made a very convincing argument to me that I should delete the spam followers and the random like people who I have no idea who they are, who are from you know halfway around the, the world and stuff like that. So I went through and I ended up deleting about half of my uh, Twitter followers. And what I should have done from the start is to keep a running count of the number of people I blocked. It's blocked, not deleted. Anyway, the number of people I blocked who had um, in their little bio that they were a social media consultant, a social media expert, a digital entrepreneur. Um, that's another big one. And just any sort of variation on... Consultant, expert, thought leader, thought leader, entrepreneur, um, you know, everybody. Tastemaker. I mean, yeah. no, I never saw Tastemaker. That's a good one, though. But but everybody is one of those. And um, what was it, where was I going with this? Oh, we had a little run-in with one of those um, this week. And, you know, he doesn't think we really add value. And, yeah. Well, he also likes to take something that you wrote mostly because I didn't write a full blog post. I, I traded a few snarky comments with him, but he likes to take something that somebody wrote and link to it and say that it says something that it doesn't actually say. But whatever. I mean, everybody yeah. does like so many people in blogs do that. It's yeah. just he's super pretentious. And um, I, word windbag comes to mind. Wind, or Wind, gas bag gas bag yeah his name is one. jeff livingston yeah he was at gas bag he was at a um social media panel yeah. um last week that that i didn't go to but um some friends of ours went to i just um i'm just i keep thinking about 
several years ago, probably in like 2003, um, there was a blog that I used to read. The, the name of it I can't remember right now, but I can look it up. Uh, I remember quoting from it um, on my blog at the time, uh, something like, the guy wrote something like, just like with the music industry, corporate America is going to squat and take a huge shit all over the world of blogging or something like that. But like it was funnier and more clever. I don't know if corporate America moves quickly enough to take a shit on the whole world of blogging. I mean, not, no, no, no. But see, that's yeah. what it did. That's not what it said. It said something that was more apropos. And it really was very prescient because that's exactly, I mean, it's not that I'm being cynical. I mean, I'm not stopping blogging anytime soon. And I think there's still amazing value in it, obviously. But I feel like, you know, so many people are trying to get into it. And I don't want to say poser because that makes me sound like I'm in ninth grade, but they are kind of posers. Well, it's just, if it's not spam blogs, it's people who just approach it from this sort of place of no humanity in it at well, it's all. It's like the least amount of, what? what's the least amount of risk that they can take, but at the same time position themselves as some kind of... Um, you know, I don't want to say maverick because now that's associated with John McCain. <laughs> yeah, but, not exactly but the a thing maverick. Is, is that the I'm people, a rebel. Look at me. The people yeah. who really, you know, spearheaded blogging and social media, a lot of those people really were honestly taking risks and they really were stepping outside, you know, of the, the lines and doing things that nobody had done and like maybe getting fired and you know, yeah, look at Deuce. I mean, you know, her blog got gigantic after she got fired from her job. Right. And now it, it's like everybody else, opportunists are trying to take advantage of that now that the hard work has been done for them. Do you know what I, what I mean? I feel yeah. like I'm not really explaining this right, but maybe people will get the gist of it. Or maybe they'll I'm getting just, the gist of it. I don't maybe they'll just flame me. I don't know. It's yeah, not like I haven't too. been flamed before because, you know, also because I talk about sex and personal things. And, and so, you use the F word. And so obviously, like, I'm dismissed out Terrible of hand person. by people like Jeff. and But that's okay, you know, because his blog sucks. It's yeah, it's really super boring. Like, yeah. the thing to me is that it's not interesting to me to read blogs that are just about, you know, oh, what's your business strategy and blah, blah, blah. And somebody said recently, if you have strategy in the same sentence with social media, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, you're doing it wrong. Joseph writes that blogging is becoming indistinguishable from other forms of publishing. New York Times is more bloggy every something. Probably just, every year. Yeah, probably every year. Or I'm every day. Let or me something. see. Yeah, my chat window is compressed and I got caught up. Let me see if I can read it. Uh, anyway, but you get the basic but, point. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I guess we should move on now. I mean, I could ramble about this for another yeah, hour. Yeah, I mean, this is, these are the same kind of conversations we've been having for years. But I think they're valuable. Like, they are valuable. The thing. I, like, mean, I, I don't, think I don't that, mean like we shouldn't have them, but... Because to me, it's... I'm just going to say one more thing. Like, just like I said in my blog post, it's not the fact that the conversations keep happening at every event and get together and everything that annoys me. It's because I think they're very relevant, important conversations to have. What annoys me is that... Too often they're presented from this standpoint with a lot of presumptions behind it, a lot of unchallenged, you know, uh, 
assumptions well yeah that's where I, I i add my one more thing in because like this guy's you know the gas bags presentation at that meeting um uh, it's not that he has this point of view certainly everybody can run their own business or blog or whatever else any way they want to it's that it's presented as gospel it's presented as the only way that you should do things that's, and not that's even, what irritates and he, me it's not even like the only way you should do things but it's like the only way you should do things, if you want to be taken seriously, yeah. if you're serious, you'll do it this way. Yeah. And obviously I have a huge problem with that. Yeah. I guess we can talk about the uh, politics, presidential election, if you'd like. Uh, Obama 08. Obama 08. Yeah. I have got this interesting little piece of mail. I, I'm really surprised to be getting mail from Saxby Chambliss here in Decatur, but I got a mailer that was... Not put out by Sex Beach Ambles, but put out by the by Americans for Job Security, which I'm assuming is some sort of Republican, uh, you know. It pack. has that kind of a Ministry of Truth type thing. Yeah, it does. Uh, like all the other packs, it says, even with a fragile economy, Jim Martin is ready to break the bank by supporting a plan that increases your taxes. And then there's this poor little piggy bank here on the left that's about to get smashed with a hammer. And then on the back here, uh, it goes on further and says, Jim Martin supports increasing state income taxes, raising the sales tax, and increasing corporate taxes. And if that weren't enough, in red, his plan would increase prices for gas, electricity, and natural gas in every Georgia household by as much as $3,051 by the year 2020, exclamation point. $7,231 by the year 2030, another exclamation point. Uh, here in the small print, uh, the sources are listed as Fox 5 Democratic Debate, June 30th, 2008, and the Institute for Energy Research.org uh, forward slash cost of climate change policies. So I did a little reading here on the interwebs. And I wanted to know who this Institute for Energy Research was because I didn't know. And I also wanted to view the page they were citing. Uh, the, the page that they cite, the title is The Cost of Warner Lieberman. And it's the cost of, I guess, some sort of legislation that's going to be passed that maybe Jim Martin might have voiced support for at some point. I guess he did this in the Fox 5 debate. I didn't watch the Fox 5 debate, but I did look this report up. And... So who is this Institute for Energy Research? Well, I went to exxonsecrets.org, and it turns out that the president of the Institute for Energy Research is Robert Bradley, who is a Cato Institute scholar, which should be a big red flag right there because pretty much everything that comes out of the Cato Institute is bullshit. But the more fun fact here, other than being in the Cato Institute, is that the Institute for Energy Research received $212,000 from ExxonMobil since 1998, and possibly more since this appears to only be updated through 2006. So there's your little fun fact, and tracing back your mailers. I'd really like to think that Saxby's attack ad, or at least the, uh, the people putting out attack ads on his behalf, could do a little better than to cite this Cato Institute flunky. Well, they're figuring that most people probably won't look it up, I bet. Yeah. I mean, that that's what it is. They figure that. But you start throwing out specific figures. I mean, it's this nebulous report that doesn't really have a lot of support behind it. And then turns out that this whole institute is funded by the oil companies. So that's a lot of fun. They probably think that if they have a mailer that has specific dollar amounts, then people might be 
more likely to trust the mailer out of hand than to verify it, which is backwards. But, you know, I guess maybe they think people will look at it and be like, oh, that's a random number. They wouldn't just. They wouldn't just make up. it up. So it must be true. Um, I will I say um, on Jason Pye's blog, he linked to uh, the YouTube footage of the debate between Chambliss and uh, Martin and the libertarian candidate. And I really liked the format of this debate because they showed the attack ads that both candidates had put out respectively, and they actually made them answer for it right there. And I really found that entertaining. Um, Jim Martin had to talk about, um, he had to sit here and he actually kind of misinterpreted the fair tax, which like normally I am the last person in the world that would defend anything remotely related to the fair tax. But that ad was really misleading. Uh, basically what he said is he, that Chambliss wanted to raise your sales tax 23%, which is true, but it doesn't mention that they do away with the income tax. So that was misleading. But then they also made Chambliss say, do you really think that Jim Martin is like responsible for all these deaths and things that you've put in your ad? And he's like, no, I don't really think so. So I really like the format of the debate. I, I recommend checking it out. Oh, I hate political ads. I don't really have anything to add to this political discussion. Yeah. I'm kind of having a conversation with myself. No, it's okay because yeah. you know more about it than I do. I, I can't. I've honestly tuned out in the last year a lot more than I have historically. I quit writing a political blog. As yeah, but I didn't know who Jim Marshall know, was until the other day when you told me. Well, this is Jim Martin. I know, but it just Martin. reminded yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. Who okay. is Jim Marshall, by the way? He's, he's just a congressman. He's sort of a conservative-leaning Democrat who's frequently challenged and frequently manages to beat those challenges. Oh, okay. Enough challenges. Okay. Well, anybody? Let's see. No. Presidential election. Have we got any other thoughts that we want to throw out there on that? Uh, my grandmother, I talk to her every week on Sundays, um, she says that she thinks that people who are undecided voters are imbeciles. She <laughs> thinks that stupidity to be um, undecided this late is ludicrous, and she thinks it's just stupidity. Yeah. And um, she does not have much love for Sarah Palin. I'm trying to think what she said last time that she looked, common or something yeah or she i was think like, she said that she said that she sarah palin like, looks common and then she was like if i went out of the house wearing my hair like that people would think i just woke up or something like yeah. and i'm totally not down with you know um attacks based on her appearance or anything because you know guess what people even if you don't like her it's still sexism but when it's my grandmother it's just i just have to laugh yeah um my grandmother just hates Republicans. She just she says they're mean and hateful and horrible people. And um, I'll never forget one time she was talking on the phone with her friend who lives at the bottom of the hill. She lives at the top of a hill. And her friend, who's a little bit older than her, they were talking about politics. She was saying something. Gran was saying something about how um, George Bush is a moron. Um, and her friend, Jewel, said... Now, Cicely, you better be careful because, you know, somebody might be listening to our call and they might come get you. And Grant says, well, you know, let them come. <laughs> Grant is awesome. <laughs> and when I get old, I'm so going to be that old lady. I will. I will be that old lady, too. Wait. <laughs> Wait. Never mind. Okay. Um, we have we can probably talk for like eight 
more minutes or so. Yeah, that um, sounds about right. We have two other topics. Um, I had a photo shoot today. I don't really know what all to say about this other than it was very exciting. And um, it's something that I'm doing for myself for my birthday because my 29th birthday is four days from now. And I've always just wanted to have professional photos done, um, you know, just have the, the makeup and the styling and, you know, like nice expensive camera equipment and lighting and um, in a, a neat setting and you kind of like pinup style, but not really. So we did that. Um, we went to an abandoned prison farm, uh, which I cannot disclose where it is because apparently among the urban explorers it's one of those things where you have to be in the know but um it's around atlanta and um, there's a whole flicker pool of photos from the place um that you can look up if you just search atlanta prison farm and um it was closed in 1985 and there's like 500 acres or something and the city still owns all that land a lot of it is just wild, you know, open, empty land. Um, there's some buildings and, and a lot of cool graffiti and just, you know, we did the behind bars shots and um, I don't know. I just, uh, it also gave me a, a very real appreciation of how, you know, modeling or whatever, it's not just standing around because it was, some of it was kind of hard. Um, yeah. So anyway, like it was. Uh, you know, on my feet for three hours in heels and I know that sounds very cliche, but it's true. Um, but it was a really neat, fun, exciting, dare I say, empowering experience. And um, in the next couple of weeks, I should be getting the photos and I'll probably post them online. So stay tuned for that. All right. Last topic. Moving right along to sleep fetishes. Um, That's our last topic. Um, a while ago, I was thinking, you know, because I'm always kind of in the back of my mind thinking for a good way to make some quick, easy money without really doing any work. <laughs> um, not, It's not a preoccupation because I have a job, but, you know, every now and then it's just kind of, how can I get some extra money? So I was thinking there's got to be a, people who have sleep fetishes. There's every other fetish. So what if I could just, you know, take some, have some pictures taken or, you know, do a webcam of me sleeping. And honestly, I would sleep because I sleep a lot. So I might as well she film does. it and try yeah, to I make mean, some money. You take a nap in the afternoon, you know, most days anyway. Unless you have somewhere to go at night. I mean, not most days, but a lot a of lot days. A lot of days. And so I figured, you know, maybe this could be kind of a, a money-making scheme. I mean, I already have a friend who's trying to get into um, foot fetish modeling, which is slightly more involved you know you have to get the the socks and the shoes and, and all kinds of stuff and you know have your your pedicure done and everything but anyway i figured if i could just sleep just lie there maybe somebody would be into it but unfortunately as it turns out uh, people who have sleep fetishes it's usually not just as simple as sleeping um, there's usually something called a lift and carry. The lift and carry lift is and my carry. favorite. That is, <laughs> I mean, involved. I'm not into this remotely at all, but I just love that terminology. That's, I lo- yeah. Uh, and, um, 
That's great. Sometimes chloroform so, is involved. I mean, do we need to explain the lift and carry? I mean, you probably can. I mean, it's out about what, what it sounds like. Somebody's but... sleeping, and then someone else comes and lifts and carries them. Although we did find another site that seemed to have a different twist on it. It was all um, these girls who, you know, they were. They came home from school and they were so exhausted that they just passed out on the couch. And then their friend snuck up and started licking their ass. And there was like yeah. over and over and over again these sets of these same photos, these same scenarios. So I guess that's another thing. But I don't really, you know, I don't really feel like being lifted and carried or having my ass licked. So I guess the... I guess that's out as a money-making scheme. Well, there was a whole site that was even more specific than that that we pulled up the other day, right? Do you remember the name of that site? No, that's. The, I think that's the one I was talking about, like Sleepy Tushy or something. Sleepy Tushy, yeah. I mean, because if you just search what, Sleep Fetish? Is that what you search mm, for? I think so. Yeah, the beauty is we have the interwebs here. You misspelled fetish. Yeah, I did. Fetish. <laughs> It actually sounds dirtier. So yeah, there it is. The first hit. The first hit. Sleepingtushy.com. Sleep in Google is sleepingtushy.com, and it's very. That's I mean, the one I was talking about. Obviously, not safe for work if that's where you're listening. But um, but yeah, this is very entertaining. Um, it's. But it's except all it's the, really not entertaining. Well, okay, it's entertaining <laughs> from like an like a anthropological standpoint. Yeah, maybe it that's is. I, that's what I'm getting at. It's not entertaining from a this is good porno standpoint. It's um, funny, but it is very funny. Yeah, and I it's like her this, stockings. Oh yeah, those are nice. <laughs> um, it is the same thing every time. It's just some girl sleeping there, and some other girl comes up and licks her sometimes ass. Sometimes there's a dude, and sometimes there's a dude standing there. But that's kind of a sideshow. It's it's mostly just girl lays there, girls get her gets her panties taken off, girl gets ass licked. The end. Yeah. And there's one variation, but it's rare for that to show up. Yeah. I just there's. Yeah. I feel like a lot of porn is very silly. And here's the thing, though. The, wasn't it Rachel who wrote a, a column about it? And, I mean, the thing is that, you know, I, I I find it humorous, but I also feel like I don't want to give the idea that I'm making fun of somebody for having well, a fetish. I'm not making fun of know? it, but, like, on the other hand, it's like, do we really have to be, like super uptight and never yeah. like come on it's a sleep fetish like yeah. that's i mean that's, that's cool if that's what you're but into I'm just saying, but yeah and I, I wanted to throw that out funny. there because you know these folks take it very seriously yes and i mean very seriously but i but it's like jenny and i were chatting the other day on i am about furries and how you know it's it was the same kind of thing it was like how we really want to emphasize and always be non-judgmental about that kind of thing especially because we've been in the position of being judged and but on the other hand come on you're wearing a big squirrel suit like if you can't <laughs> laugh at yourself a little bit yeah like it's that's... not that we're really left la- we're not really making fun of them like in a dehumanizing demeaning kind of way but i mean you are wearing a big squirrel suit yeah yeah and that, you and have to have some sort suit. of self-awareness and just take a step back and laugh but yeah, it's cool, you know, teach their own. Yeah. So I think that's all the topics we had. If you would like to give us feedback, we love voicemails, 678-389-9441. You know what? Since yeah. we mentioned porn and porn. stuff, I, I do have a specific question. Um, this came up on a blog a while ago, and then the, the thread kind of fizzled out as they tend to do. 
But if people want to call in, and if you don't, it's okay, but I really wish you would. If you want to call in or even write in and say, like, what what are the things that squick you out? You know, even yeah. because even, you know, obviously everybody has their boundaries. Everybody has their squicks. And just because you're someone who identifies as sex positive and open-minded and judgment-free and all that doesn't mean you don't have your personal squicks. It doesn't have to be a judgment on someone else, but everybody has their things, you know? And so um, there was this blog thread where people were just talking about what those things were. And um, I realized, I guess maybe to some people, it's kind of a personal question, but I just find that thing very interesting. Just, you know, you know, yeah. I, I almost majored in anthropology in college, but then I didn't. And, and this kind of thing, I just, I just find interesting. And I was trying to think, um, I guess my squicks would be like blood play, needle play, breath play. Piss play. No, that's not really a squirt. It's kind of a squirt for me. It's a little weird. You know, and a to lot. To me, you know. Yeah. To teach her, of course. I'm just really, like, yeah. I'm not really interested in it, but it doesn't bother me. Like, I just, yeah. I don't care. Um, so anyway, if there's anything that anybody wants to share, I would find that interesting. Or yeah. we can just talk about it at manuals. Yeah, we could always do that. I mean, I want. I think manuals be, is the best place for discussion. I mean, I think it would be cool to have a podcast like that. Maybe I'm. Maybe other people don't agree. I mean, maybe the other people who would want to do that podcast live in New York and California and yeah, other places. Like but if anybody here wants to do it, I think it would be interesting. Yeah. So, are we really done this time? Yes. Okay. So thank you, um, Joseph and BJ, for being in the chat room. Yep. And thank you, anybody else who happened to be listening live. And thank you to anybody who listens after we put this thing up as a podcast. Thanks. Bye. The song you heard in this podcast was Flux by Drop Trio, available only on Magnatune.com. Thanks for listening to Mostly ITP on the Georgia Podcast Network. Visit us at gapodcastnetwork.com. If you have a question, comment, or drunken rant, leave us a voicemail by calling 678-389-9441. Who knows, it might be featured in a podcast. You can also email us at info at gapodcastnetwork.com.